Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. Yes, it's me hosting again. Liam still hasn't got his Wi-Fi sorted, um, so unfortunately no Liam. But figured we, you know, we we were missing the Midlands flair, so thought I'd uh, I'd call up. Another Midland Midlander, if that's the if that's the right word. Uh, so today I'm joined by the fantastic Paul Picking. Uh, you may know him as the co-host of the Wildcard Rewind Show, or he's been dabbling as a dynasty writer for us at Five Yard Rush this year. Paul, doing it for the Midlands. How you doing? So I'm really good. I'm really good. But first of all, do I get offended that you've 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 classed me as a Midlands Earth? I live here, but I don't want to be classed as a as a brummy, should we say? Well, I know you like to pretend that you're Welsh, but we but I am me, Welsh, like. you're Midlands. <laughs> I am Welsh, okay. you're... You, can, you can't deny that. We're off we're off the rails and we're two minutes in. This is a good start, Paul. So, yeah, so you go. don't you don't consider yourself a mid a Midlander? No, I definitely don't. Okay. No, I, right, I, well, I don't claim to be black country or brummy or any any of them local lingos or anything so okay. I, I, could, so I could go with the welsh if you want 
It's all right. You, you, you. We can go with. Let's let's start again with with a Welshman who currently resides in the Midlands. There you go. <laughs> we'll, we'll go. We'll go with that. Anything to make uh, me happy, with Jay? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's all this I'm is, here for. This is why you've avoided being on a podcast with me for the last twelve months. You know, never, never. <laughs> uh, how how was how was your week in Fancy Paul? I, I was just saying to you off here, mate. It's. I should be really, really disappointed because uh, my big money league have gone out in that one. And then Warrior Bowl, I was through to the playoffs and missed the cut by about nine points. And But actually, do you know what? I'm I'm just quite happy about it all. I've, I've made the playoffs again in my home league, the my home dynasty league. So I'm, I'm happy with how the season's gone so far. I can't, I can't complain, to be fair. Happy days, and, happy days. And I think Warrior Bowl, I think it's a blessing in disguise because I had Jalen Hurts in that league. So I probably wasn't never, going much further than that anyway. It's never a blessing in disguise to be eliminated from anything. But um, yeah, if, if if you want to dress it up as that, we, we can go with that. It's fine. Um, yeah, yeah my, my week was... I, I had an incredible week in three leagues. Uh, I got through... I had 10... 10 matchups in three leagues. I won in nine of them. Uh, cash leagues, it was it was less positive. I think I went six of 12 in cash leagues. I'm pretty much out of every charity tournament, which, yeah, not not the greatest record. Um, I don't think I made the playoffs in anything except Polly's playoff. Um, so, yeah, back, back to square one on the charity league front. Um, but we're, we're here to review the week in Dynasty. So we're going to dive straight in with the the highest scorers of the week, Paul. So an incredible. Well, I, f- I feel like I say this every week, but it was a a genuinely mind blowing week in fantasy. But QB scoring, QB one, Jalen Hurts thirty six point seven points, carrying teams through to the next round, and then news came away yesterday that he's uh He's gone and got injured. So, first of all, what, what, what do you make of the injury? Do you think there's a chance that he could be done now for the fantasy playoffs? Oh, I definitely think so. I, def- I definitely, if you look at it, take fantasy out of it. If you look at it from an Eagles perspective, they're already in the playoffs. I don't think, he, you know, I don't think they're going to risk him further injuring. They'd rather have him back healthy for the playoffs for themselves. So, I kind of feel going into the semi-finals in the fantasy playoffs. I, I kind of think you're, you're going to have to pivot away from Jalen Hurts. Well, I think they've yeah. they've already said he's out this week, haven't they? They they've, they've not officially, but they've basically leaked saying he's unlikely to play. So I think they they need one win from three to um, secure uh, the number one seed. So I think that there's a highly well, let's just say there's there's no need to rush him back, is there? As you said, um, it's it's basically one win from three. I know they're playing the Saints next week, which maybe you know lose to the Cowboys, beat the Saints, you you, you improve your uh, your draft spot because obviously they've got the Saints first round pick. I think it yeah. makes sense, doesn't it? It's brutal because you know Jalen Hurts has probably carried quite a few teams to the playoffs, got to this point, and now you've got to go searching for any others. Gardner Minshew, though, are you? <laughs> look, hopefully, long, long time listeners know that I'm I'm not a Gardner Minshew fan. So before I 
share my opinions, Paul. What what do you think of of Minshew? Uh, do you know what we've all been on and off this train Gardner Minshew turned up he's done stuff he hasn't done stuff so I don't know I, I think you'd have to be in a really really bad place to be starting Gardner Minshew in your semi-finals there will be teams that do it there will be but I'd be looking at what you could maybe flip into another quarterback apart from Gardner Minshew I would not I would not like to be in a in a cash league say where everything's on the line and you're having to start Gardner Minshew I'd be looking yeah, at flipping think... maybe maybe picks or something for a better QB yeah it's tough I've not finalized my ranks for this week but I can't imagine he's going to be in the you know top 25 top 26 something like that. i did have one league I've, I've just been eliminated from it thankfully but i had going into the playoffs i had lamar jackson kyler and jalen hurts as my qbs and uh, i rolled last week with just the one qb in jalen hurts and obviously he's now injured so yeah it, i'm not sure what i'd have done quite frankly if i'd have got through because I, I, you know me I, I don't like selling low because of an injury so i think i probably would have just stayed stubborn and picked up someone off the waiver wire but um yeah we'll, we'll move on uh so they're running out the top the top three so josh allen had another fine week um obviously that saturday night snowstorm with 35.9 points and then kirk cousins had maybe the most jekyll and hyde performance i think i've ever seen in terms of a first half where everything went wrong and then a second half where nothing went wrong and uh, i think he set the record for most passing yards in a half of over 400 he he finished with 34.4 Fancy points. Um, over at running back, so fancy Twitter was ablaze this morning with people reminding me that Jarek McKinnon is everything that people thought Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going to be. Paul, he finished with 34.2 points as a noted CEH lover. Um, what, what do you make of the uh, the McKinnon performance? Um Thanks for reminding me that I'm a noted CEH lover. I'm going to bring it up every time I talk to you, don't you worry. I I, I really appreciate that. I need to get off that train now, don't I? You know? um, but Jared McKinnon, is, he's come from nowhere, really, because I, I remember a few weeks ago it was all about um, Pacheco, wasn't it? And everyone was there like, oh, he's, he's going to be the guy. And, and Jared McKinnon's just... He's just they seem to just be trusting him with the ball and and obviously you trust the guy with the hot hand and he's he's the one with the hot hand at the moment and you know I think I think he's doing really well and he's definitely somebody I'd be if I was struggling at running back he's definitely a buy low candidate for me I think he's yeah. he's going to be cheap Yeah I've 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 had like this long love affair with Jared McKinnon I think when he back when he was a viking he was like the most athletic running back ever in terms of his kind of combine measurables and things like that. And I sort of fell in love and I was like, oh. And then then Cole Shanahan threw a load of money at him and he went to the 49ers and I was like, oh my God, Jeremy McKinnon's going to be incredible. Bought loads of dynasty shares. And then he just was constantly injured and it was like, oh, okay, he's never going to be anything. And it's, you know, obviously he showed flashes in the playoffs the last couple of years with with the Chiefs and it's like, this this is what I'd hoped he was going to be seven eight years ago, whatever it was. But um, yeah, I look, I really like the point. I think that he he's never going to be a true bell cow. I think if you're expecting him to get 15, 16 carries, 
you're going to be sorely disappointed. But if he can be a guy that can get five, six, seven targets in a game, yes, he's going to be game script dependent. But over these next two weeks, he's probably going to be useful. If you're looking at him thinking you're going to get anything out of him in 2023, I'd, I'd, I'd probably avoid that. But I think if you were saying that you're going to get RB2 production for him in these next two weeks, to me, that's worth at least a third, if not two thirds. And I'd potentially pay maybe a really late second if I think I've got a big hole there. So, yeah, I think it's it's a it's a competent dynasty buy. I think in terms of the running back landscape, it's it's pretty grim for those cheap you know, RB2s that you can plug and play. So, yeah, I, I like the suggestion. I think it's, it's definitely a guy to go and buy at the moment. Rounding out the position, we had Dalvin Cook uh, with 27 points and Derek Henry with 26.3. Over at wide receiver, um, so we're talking about journeymen who are in their third homes. We're back with another one. So, Zay Jones, 34.9 points, three touchdowns, looked uncoverable. Um, what, what did you make of Zay, Paul? Do you know what? I, I nearly I nearly put this guy as, as my player of the week because it, it was it was incredible to see. But actually, if you if you look into his numbers, I, I think he only got six like he had six targets, five receptions, wasn't it? So it's it's just one of them where you're you're a bit like, who? There's a lot of there's a lot of luck with this one. Oh, sorry, he had eight eight targets, six receptions. So three of them receptions that he got for touchdowns you know i think there's a there's a lot of luck in here but he's uh he's definitely somebody that i i quite like as as like going forward as my wide receiver two maybe wide receiver three in my team alongside that trevor lawrence and they're going to be together for the next couple of years i think if they if they start they start connecting in this way quite quite frequent it's it's somebody i definitely want some some form of shares in i don't think i've got any shares of say jones at the moment to be honest so yeah i think it's it's an interesting one isn't it because i he's under contract obviously the jaguars went and spent well quite frankly over the odds to go and bring him and and christian kirk in in the off season they've then gone and traded what i think is going to amount to be a second round pick for for calvin ridley but Let's be honest, it, it could be anything from a second to a fifth. So it's it's really interesting to see what it's going to be moving forward. I think that next year we're, we can almost expect Zay Jones is going to be that outside receiver. He's probably going to profile as a traditional X. Calvin Ridley is the prototypical Z or Z. And then Christian Kirk will will fit in that slot role. So it's quite a nice three receiver set that you've got there. Yes, they're they're probably lacking that elite kind of deep threat. But I guess moving Christian Kirk purely into the slot, that's what they're hoping he will be. But I think he's always going to be a little bit boom bust because of, I think he's going to be at best the third option in this passing game. I think that Calvin Ridley is probably going to be the target leader. I think Christian Kirk with the money he's earning is going to get a lot of targets. So I wonder if, is Zay Jones fallen into that category of he's he's better for best ball kind of thing? Um, looking ahead to next year, I think definitely the next two weeks. I think with the way Trevor Lawrence is playing at the moment, um, he, he he you know you you've got to feel confident starting him. But I just worry that whilst he's probably going to look alright on those season end stats, I don't know if I'm going to feel comfortable week in week out just because I think he's probably going to be third mouth to feed, and and that leads to kind of that boom bust nature. 
a, a bit like your MVS role. That, yeah, that probably, probably a little bit more volume and a little bit less touchdowns. I mean, MVS, is, I, I hyped MVS, hold my hands up, I hyped MVS massively in the offseason. He's certainly not not produced, so I'd, I'll hold the L on that one. But um, yeah, I just think he's more like a, is, is it bad if I say Matt Collins? Where you know Matt Collins has had a couple of weeks where he's had like seven, eight targets, caught a touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised if Zay Jones is seeing five targets every week, but I think that there might be, you know, a couple of three for thirties. And if you're starting him as your wide receiver three or a flex play, that's disappointing, isn't it? But then he could equally have games like today where he catches six catches and three of them go for touchdowns. I think I think he's just going to be a bit up and down. He's never going to be someone that you plug and play and feel particularly comfortable with it if that makes sense so rounding out the position we had two two uh minnesota vikings kj osborne finished second with 31.7 points and then justin jefferson third with 30.3 diving across to the tight ends leading the way we had a bounce back game for george kittle 25.3 points felt like uh george kittle had forgot that he was a you know a receiving weapon and was Essentially, just not 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 wanting to produce from a fantasy standpoint. What are you confident that Paul uh, Paul that George Kittle can be something and get back to that fantasy star that we hoped and I, are used I, to expecting him? I really hope so because <laughs> I have a lot of George Kittle. I I bought into that a couple of years ago, and I have a, I have a lot of shares of George Kittle. So I'd very much like him to come back to it. Um, I I. See, a, few, a couple of years ago, I think we were putting him up there with the elite. You know, we were up there with with your Mark Andrews, your Kelseys. I don't think he's he's up there anymore for me. I, th- I think you've got three tight ends that are massively distant from from anywhere else. A big big like step in tiers there, and I'd say George Kittle is in in my second tier with with. Um, T, what's the name? TJ Hawkinson and and Darren Waller. That that sort of Dallas Goddard. That that tier for me. So I'm, I'm I'm happy to see this production, but I do fear at the same time with it because he's done it with um, Brock Purdy, and you know we're going back to the Trey Lance thing next year. How's that going to go? What what are we expecting with him with with Trey Lance again? And is there's a lot of question marks around him, you know? And so I'm a bit worried for for where he's gonna where he's gonna end up next year, and what sort of production we're gonna get out of him. Yeah, and I think I I tend to agree with you. I think he's definitely in that what I would class, I guess, as a third tier of tight ends with your Dalton Schultzes and T.J. Hawkinsons and the like. I think the interesting note for me that I sort of came across is that he's he's blocking at a career low rate in terms of pass break. So traditionally in his career, he's been kept in to block on about 14% of pass attempts. Um, so for reference, that's, that's normally about the top of the league. So at the moment, Tyler Higby's leading kind of fantasy relevant tight ends at 16.4%. George Kittle's down at 6.9% this year. So he's he's basically getting the opportunity to get out on routes far more often than he ever has in his career. Um, I wonder if part of that is that helping him stay healthy. I wonder if 
you know, he is still a cheat code. He is still an elite tight end. And I, I almost wonder if the 49ers are saying, look, George, we love you. You're fantastic. Just just be fit for the playoffs. And I, I kind of wonder if they've almost managed him a little bit more this year so that hopefully they can unleash him down the stretch and into the playoffs. And, and maybe this is the start of, I want to say the run four or five years ago where it got to like week 14 and I think his week 15, 16, 17 were like the highest fancy points from a tight end ever. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'd love it if it did. Um, I think it's definitely interesting that he stayed healthier this year and it's been because he's just on the face of it blocking significantly less um rounding out the tight end position we had uh juan johnson a couple of touchdowns 22.7 points and then the return of dawson knox who feels like he's been the lesser spotted dawson knox recently uh he scored 21.8 um so significant news there's a couple of injuries but we've already touched on jalen hurt so we're, we're going to touch on the the other big injury so we're going to skip over that and dive straight into the dynasty stock market pool so big risers this week so my first riser i've gone trevor lawrence i feel like i've talked about trevor lawrence for about the last month and a half tried to get the hype going um and i think a win against the cowboys has finally started that do you now think that Trevor Lawrence has entered that kind of elite tier of quarterbacks. Do you think he's in that sort of top seven, top eight now moving forward, Paul? Um, he's he's definitely there or thereabouts for me. Um, I'm, I was sorry, just trying to bring up what my dynasty rank, where I had him last year, because I, I was quite high. I remember um, putting my rankings out and, and a lot of people said, oh, why, why have you got Trevor Lawrence that, that high? Um, so I, I got him at 11 at the start of this season. And I'm just looking at that now. There's, there's three that I could move him ahead of right now. And that and that's um, Trey Lance, Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford I had above him. So, yeah, he's looking looking at that just straight off now. I could, I could move him up to eight straight away. So, yeah, he's he's up there with, with, the, uh, with the elite. I think... Uh, I'm I'm all aboard, all aboard. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the talent has always been there. The situation has always been questionable. Um, but for me, it's his ability to. I think he's a a top four, top five passer in the league already. I think his ability to ma- manipulate defenders and particularly in that sort of intermediate area of the field, his anticipation throws are, are mind blowing. And I think that, yeah, he, he's he's been up there for me for the last couple of weeks. I feel like I've been trying to build the hype. And I think that now it's it's going to catch up. So he's QB11 in December ADP from DLF. Um, he's my QB8. So I've moved him ahead of Deshaun Watson. I've moved him ahead of Dak. He's ahead of Kyler and ahead of Tua, Trey Lance. Um, so, yeah, so he's he's now in a tier with Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert and Justin Fields. So he's he's in that second tier for me. So I think, look, if you've got him, great. I said it two weeks ago. This is probably your last time to buy. I reckon you might have maybe a couple more days to go and buy. The price is more expensive. But I really think that once we hit the off season, you know, it's almost like just Justin Herbert had that amazing breakout year last year from fancy production where he finished, I think it was the QB3. And it sort of took a couple of weeks and then people were like, oh yeah, Justin Herbert's a, 
a top three dynasty quarterback. And I, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to break into that Alan Mahomes hurts tier. But I think we're going to be having conversations about is Trevor Lawrence worth more than Lamar Jackson? Is Trevor Lawrence worth more than Justin Herbert and, and that kind of thing? And I really believe that's where Trevor Lawrence's value is going. So, um, so yeah, you probably you probably need to dive in as quickly as possible. Yeah, he he's um, he's definitely becoming a a sell candidate, though, isn't he? He's at the moment he's your buy, but as soon as that off season comes up, you know, I'd be selling him then because the price is just going to be through the roof, you know, same, same. And and we've seen it so many times before, like, like you said with Herbert, you know, in, if you just sold him in the off season, you, you know what I mean? You, you could have got three first for him if, and, and, and that was, you know, some people I've seen people rank him number two behind Josh Allen, you know, and you, you couldn't, you couldn't have bought him for anything less than three first. So Trevor Lawrence, if, if he's going to, if, if the hype's going to get real, and people are going to turn him. Then all of a sudden, in my opinion, he, he turns into a sell candidate. Then and uh, flip him. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a great point. I think if he gets into that top tier alongside Alan Mahomes and and Jalen Hurts, then yeah, I'm absolutely selling him at that price. Um, if he settles in as that second tier along with you know those guys I mentioned, then yeah, I think I'm probably holding him at that. Um, but it'll be in- certainly interesting to see what what his value looks like over the coming weeks and months because you know since week six he's the QB six I think he's the QB seven season long um yeah it's 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 basically you know, once you're a sophomore that's you know was hyped as the the best QB prospect since Andrew Luck or whatever you want to call it and he's now producing in his second year and let's not forget the Jacks haven't exactly put much around him you know, we've got Calvin really coming next year. I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't add another weapon. We we could see some real kind of great strides from a fantasy production standpoint. Um, so the the next big riser, Paul. Um, so J.K. Dobbins, uh, he he currently leads the league in rushing yards over the last two weeks. Um, he's got some fantastic matchups coming up. Is this is this the start of J.K. Dobbins coming back and the start of a potential? incredible playoff run i i feel that jk dobbins is a bit of your running back crush isn't he really definitely definitely i, I, I think there's a there's a lot of hype i'm i'm maybe not on board the same way you are uh i still think i i, I, I if i'm honest i don't think he's 100 percent yet i still think there's he could he could be more he could you know, and, and I think maybe he's going to need that off season just to get back to a hundred percent. He's he's probably functioning about you know eighty five ninety percent, but I still think he could be more. So, uh, but if he's it's so, it's so point, if he's eighty five ninety percent and he's produced more rushing yards over the last two weeks than any other player in the NFL. Surely, well, surely that's a good thing. Like, if you're telling me there's an extra ten percent, you've, you've made you've made you've made a stat there. What you've done is you've made a stat sound really good for J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Should we talk about four weeks? Should we talk about four weeks? Is he is he well, the rushing leader over four weeks? No, well, he didn't. He's, he's like, only played the last two weeks. So let's well, you know, let's you know give him I mean? some credit. And and 
Jonathan Taylor's been out injured for for one of them, and Ramondre Stevenson missed last week and came back this week. You know, <laughs> there's there's so many variables to it, but because you're in love, you're going to make it it seem how you wanted to seem. But I, I don't know. I I like J.K. Dobbins, and I and I do have a couple of shares in J.K. Dobbins, and I want J.K. Dobbins to to be awesome, and that Ravens that Ravens team is all about the run game. So, you know, you do want a running back at the Ravens team the same way you want one in a 49ers team and stuff like that. But I don't know. He still he still needs to convince me. Well, may- maybe this is just because you sold him to me in one of our leagues about six weeks ago. So maybe you're just, uh, you, you know, holding Weren't you crack. knocked out of that league this, this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, two, I was part two. Oh yeah, so that that's that's an even better pick as well now. So yeah, yeah. Okay. But don't forget though, I did I did make the playoffs, unlike yourself. So uh, so yeah. We'll we'll move on to uh, the final riser. So kind of a sneaky riser, I think these last couple of weeks. Um, so James Cook, so started to see a little bit more of a share in the Buffalo backfield. I think I was impressed with Buffalo on Saturday, their ability to actually rush the ball, it feels like it's the simple things that they've not been able to do for the last two years. And, you know, when teams are sticking that too high shell, trying to force the Bills to, to run the ball, they've never been able to. But it feels like the last few weeks they've started to. And I think James Cook is a, you know, a big part of that. The other thing is that Devin Singletree is a free agent at the end of the year. So, look, the Bills have invested quite a lot in the running game. I don't think they're going to want to invest any more kind of high capital in terms of the draft they've not got much money in free agency I think this is going to be James Cook backfield next year so is is now a sneaky time to go and grab before the price potentially goes up again do you think that I'm getting kind of caught before the horse and getting a little bit too excited about him what what do you reckon Paul so he he's been very up and down hasn't he you know he he came um, into this season and and there was so much hype around him and then he he didn't really do much the first five weeks and and then he came up and then it was like, oh he's doing what he needs and then he went back down and stuff but um, but no I I think I think you're you're perfectly on on point with with the fact that it's going to be his back backfield next season um, I think Devin Singletree's if they keep him he's he's going to be cheap. You know what I mean? He's going to be really cheap, and they, I, I can see them doing it though. I can see them him going, "Oh yeah, I'll come and play for a really, really small amount" because he knows he's not going to get signed anywhere else. And but I think, I think James worst, is, is the future there. I think worst case scenario with James Cook, he's a one A. I think that he's never going to be a true bell cow. You know, three hundred plus touches in a season. I think. He he needs a complimentary piece. And almost if they did bring back Devin Singletree on the cheap, I'd almost view that as a good thing because I think that next yeah. year James Cook's going to be more established in the league and I think that he's going to take over a larger share of the backfield. And if all he's competing with is Devin Singletree, I think that's a good thing. I think if Devin Singletree leaves and they go and bring in, whether it be in the draft or what little money they've got in free agency to bring in somebody potentially better in Devon Singletree. That would almost be a detriment to James Cook. But I really do think I'd be shocked with the potential holes they've got in the offensive line with potentially still 
some question marks in an aging secondary. You know, Jordan Poyer and um, Michael Hyde have obviously battled injuries all year and maybe they need to spend some capital there. I don't know, having spent a second round pick on James Cook, whether they're going to go, right, let's go and spend big money in, in the free agency or go and spend another draft pick. So I just think that James Cook could potentially walk into you know a really nice role next year and what we know is going to be a good offense as long as josh allen is healthy so time to get uh, negative paul time to get negative let's let's talk about some fallers so um i hinted at the other big injury earlier in the pod um jonathan taylor suffered a high ankle sprain obviously went down very early i think he had one carry and then got injured probably lost a few people some uh, some fantasy uh matchups what what are we doing? He's he's now done for the season, Paul. It, it feels like a bit of a lost season for him and for the coach. Do you think that he can still be that elite dynasty running back moving forward? Do you think that this is a sign of things to come? Where 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 are you at? I I, I worry, mate. I worry because he he's everyone's dynasty RB one now. He was coming into this season. I know. Um, I know you're doing season rankings and stuff like that. So, like you know, coming into this season, he was everyone's dynasty RB one, and he hasn't he hasn't produced that this year. And I think I think that's kind of the story across the board. You know, you look at coming into this season, you had um, Taylor Swift Harris. They they were the top three. In you know, Swift and Harris were swapping between second and third with with whoever, and I don't think any one of them has actually coming coming into next season holding where they were. So uh, I haven't really like really deep dived into the the running back like rankings yet or anything like that, but I do feel like he could he could drop a a couple of spots. I'm I'm worried because there seems to be a lot of injuries this this season he's come back from one and then there's something else and then there's the you know we had was it turf toe we had a couple of weeks ago as well and and now he's got a high ankle sprain and you're just going ah i don't want to i don't want to invest that capital on a player like that that's going to keep keep falling to injuries you know yeah and i think it's it's difficult isn't it because the running back position is you know, high, higher percentage injury rate in, than other positions. You're going to get that that drop off and and guys that get nicks and, and niggles and things. I think the talent is still there. I still think on his first on his on his good days, he's the best running back in the league um, in terms of rushing ability. I still I think that offense is going to take a step forward. But for me, a big question mark is who's the quarterback going to be in Indianapolis and and who's the head coach going to be. And I think. If if one or, or either or if both of those get answered to a positive, I think that he could absolutely hold his his value. He's dropped to, to running back three for me at the moment. Um, can, can I ask who, who you've got in front of him? So I've got uh, Brees Hall's at one, and uh, Kenneth Walker's at two, and then so he's in a tier with Kenneth Walker for me. Um, I go back and forth. He's He's basically just ahead of CMC, Saquon Barkley, and Ramondre Stevenson. And I could probably drop him into that tier if the Colts don't get a quarterback, if the Colts don't address their offensive line, and if the Colts have a questionable head coach. If he gets 
a good quarterback, upgrades on the offensive line, and a interesting head coach, he he could jump up into that Brees Hall tier. So I, he settled in at running back three for me at the moment. Um, that's one of those that I think is going to be interesting to view over the the coming weeks and months because, yeah, that that could definitely change um, as we hit free agency and that side of things. Do do you feel that it reminds you a bit of like CMC a couple of years ago where? He was so injury prone and he kept getting injured. But because of his talent, you just couldn't drop him past a, a certain point. You were like, I can't drop him any further because if he is healthy, he's there. You know, you know what I mean? And I kind of feel like we're, we're doing that with Jonathan Taylor now. You, you go, I can't drop him past this point because like you just said, for the reasons you just said, a good QB, a good head coach, all of a sudden he's back up there with, with Brees, Brees Hall in the top tier. But a bad head coach... I still can't drop him too far because the talent that the, the the that he poses is just he could he could change a fantasy team in in one week. You know, it's unreal. Yeah, and I think I think it's probably a little bit harsh to throw him in that CMC bucket. I think we'd seen a lot more from CMC. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor's had one and a half years of incredible production, and has struggled this year with basically two ankle injuries, which aren't career threatening, aren't going to affect him long term. CMC had basically two years where he, he almost didn't play because he had those season-ending injuries. So, yeah, I'd, I'd almost just chalk this one up and say, I think he was the Dynasty RB1. I think that was deserved. And I think that, you know, he's, he's not old. He's not had loads of injuries through his career. He's just had these basically two ankle injuries, which, you know, anyone can get any play. So I don't think it's a case of him being injury-prone as such. Um, I think he, we, we have to knock him because we, he's had a down year, he's not produced, he's not been on the field. But I, I think it would be kind of a bit too hot takey to, to plummet him too far down Dynasty ranks because, you know, as you said, he was consensus Dynasty RB1, what, four months ago? If if you believe that he's suddenly now worthless and, and not a elite option at the position, well, why, why was he a Dynasty RB1? You know, as 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 little as three months ago, I think talent is still there. I think there's still the potential for it to be a fantastic situation, and I still think he's going to get fed the ball when he's healthy. I think it's almost just chalk it up as a lost year. You know, apologies. Yeah, you've not had a great year from from fantasy perspective. Let's let's move on to next year. Yeah. So the the other faller. Um, so Mole Sanders um, certainly killed me in a few points few places i think i saw anything between minus a point to, to maybe 0.9 points in, in some leagues depending on your scoring format um look he's if if you ha- if you're rostering Mo sanders you're probably out the playoffs okay if if you've managed to scrape through i don't think you're going to be comfortable starting him now gardner Minshew's potentially the quarterback he is a free agent at the end of the season in what is looking like potentially one of the best free agent running back classes ever. We have also got a rookie running back class that is looking like one of the potentially best ever. Is is Miles Sanders done as a fantasy-relevant weekly starter? What do you think? So can I just flip something in, in a, to look at it a different way? Do you not think that Miles Sanders may be a guy that you could start with Gardner Minshew being at QB? 
because Jalen Hurts would would scramble out the pocket, do whatever he needs to do, and rush the ball. Gardner Minshew's not going to be at that level. So is Gardner Minshew going to rely on a running back to you know dump the ball off to or rush the ball or anything like that? So do, do we think that Miles Sanders maybe gets a bit of a boost because Gardner Minshew's coming in? I, I don't know. It's I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to flip, flip it and look from a from a different angle, but yeah, I mean, this is the age-old debate, isn't it? Is that running backs with rushing quarterback see an increase in efficiency, okay? However, they see a decrease in volume. So it's like, yes, he will probably see more rushing attempts in a game with Gardner Minshew, more check-down opportunities in the passing game. However, he will probably see a reduction in terms of his efficiency because he's not got that mobile quarterback that needs to be accounted for in the run game. Yeah. So I I don't know. I just if I'm and I've I've got plenty of Miles Sanders shares, I don't know if I feel comfortable starting him this week after what he did last week with an Eagles team that might just say, you know what? We've kind of already got the number one seed locked up. Yes, we need one more win. Yes, it's the Cowboys. Why don't we just check out this week, get everybody healthy, and and we can look on to next week against the Saints or something like that. Like, you know, it might be that the, the the Eagles are saying, you know what, let's go and smash the Cowboys, let's win the division, let's secure the number one seed, and and then we can have two weeks off. I don't know. I just don't think I'm comfortable with Miles Sanders over the next two weeks. And then what I'm saying is, is where's his dynasty value going to go in the off season? Because um. Like, like, there's so many good free agent running backs. There's so many good rookie running backs. There's not many landing spots where he's going to be, you know, essentially the lead back, which is what he is in Philadelphia at the moment. So, I don't. I think I'd sell Miles Sanders now for pretty much any second round pick if you can get it. And you're probably choosing the wrong time to sell because he's just had an absolute stinker of a game. Yeah. Um, so I, I was I was looking at it from the the next two weeks, but as a dynasty asset, I I think I, I agree with you. I think he's done. I think he's going to struggle to get any sort of. I think he'll get a role somewhere, but I think it'll be like a a backup sort of. I don't know, kind kind of a bit like Naheem Hines. Like he'll come in for some maybe trick plays or you know catch catch a ball at some point or something like that. But I don't I don't think he's going to hold any value to anyone as uh, a week in week out starting running back going yeah. forward. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of where I am. Like you know, I'd take I'd take James Cook straight up for him. Um, I'd take I'd probably take someone like. Elijah Mitchell for him, which I know you know you're in love with Elijah Mitchell, so you'd probably do that. But that's that's the level of guy that I'd happily take for him. I'd take Isaiah Pacheco straight up for him. I'd absolutely smash Khalil Herbert straight up for him. Um, that's the kind of value range I'm in, which which is a long way away from where Miles Sanders was for me, kind of two three weeks ago, because I thought there was potential that the Eagles might keep him, that he's going to have you know a really nice playoff run, and it's it's not paid out like that. So yeah, a little bit disappointed. It's also difficult on 
the week where you don't score many points, your QB has three rushing touchdowns, you know? Well, this is it, isn't it? Is if Are we having this conversation if Miles Sanders gets one of those touchdowns? Do you know what I mean? It, it shows you how fickle we are sometimes in Dynasty. Yeah. Right. Moving across to the players of the week, Paul. So I'm going to let you as the guest go first because I'm such a nice gent. So who yeah, yeah. who is your player of the week, Paul? Uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, uh, do you know what? I think anyone that's going to rush the ball 19 times for 172 yards and a touchdown uh, just just deserves to be player of the week. You know the and. I, w- I was. Do you know what? I suppose you, you've probably you've probably ruined it a little bit by by telling me where he is in your dynasty rankings. But I was I was looking at mine, and obviously, like I do mine at, in the off season, and I don't do it during the season. And I, I had him down at running back thirty six. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I, d- I don't want to say I got that one really wrong, but like looking at where he he's going to be in, and looking where he is in yours now, that. I, f- I felt like he deserved a, a, a mention, and I was going to say to you, "Oh, what do we do with Ramondre Stevenson now?" You know, because I think that's his backfield now, and and I don't think, you know, I don't think we see it much anymore where you've got just one running back that's going to see a three-down workload. I think a lot of these a lot of these teams now split it one A one B. And there's not many where it's just a bell cow running back that's going to see 99% of snaps and just see all of the workload. But I think Ramondre Stevenson is going to be that type of running back. Yeah, I think Stevenson's one of those that I think people are going to, when everybody goes through their sort of January, February, March period of looking back at the fantasy season that was, and they're going to look back at Ramondre Stevenson and just see how quite how good he's been and be like, oh, Okay, yeah, we're 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 too low on Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's been incredible, and yes, he's carried a couple of injuries, and you said he missed the game the other week, and yeah, but when Ramondre Stevenson has been on the field, he has been mind-blowingly good. Um, I think he's had a stretch of like ten straight top top sixteen performances. He's, you know, eighty percent of his games he's finished as an RB one. Like the guy has been absolutely elite when he's been on the field, and I think that. Yeah, we, we were all too low on him on the offseason. I'm looking back. So I don't have numbers in terms of where I had him ranked. But in April, I had him versed worth eight value points, which is basically a late, very late second round pick. Um, So, yeah, he's, he's now worth like a mid to high end first for me. So yeah. that is that is a big jump in terms of his value. And, and if you bought in on the offseason, fair play to you because... I think his value as soon as I said, I think he I think he's for me, he's as I said, he's my RB six right now. Um and I think that that's probably where he's gonna end up in terms of consensus. I think he's probably a, a top five, top six option once we get to February, March time. But I think it's gonna take people a little while to catch up to oh right, Stevenson really is elite. Um, yeah. if you can go it's still going by low, might be a, a sneaky little buy right now. Yeah. I kind of opened my eyes. You opened my eyes. In a, uh, was it two weeks ago where you put your weekly ranks out and 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 I and I messaged you and said like, "Have you actually got Ramondre Stevenson as as your RB one?" And and you were like, "Yeah." And so I, I did kind of like look at what how his season had gone and, and and sort of looked at it and I was like, 
You know what? He, I think you're right. He, he's he sneakily, sneakily like jumped into that top ten, and and he's really solidified his position in that top ten as of the RBs. You know, it's it's uh, it's going to be fun to see where people actually draft him next year because, like you said, I think I think he's one that maybe has gone a bit under the radar and just consistent numbers every week, and it's it's going to be. I'm, I'm going to be trying to get him wherever I can, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. So I miss I misspoke slightly. So he's played 14 games and he's had seven top 12 running back performances, which, I mean, RB1, 50% of the weeks. is it, let's, let's not sniff at that. That's still blooming impressive, but it's not quite yeah, the 80% yeah. that I said. He's had 80% top 24 weeks. Um, So my player of the week. So again, keeping on the potentially sneaky... Um, option. So I'm going with Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think we're still too low. Okay, so the guy's wide receiver 34 on the season. He's averaging 10.8 points per game. He's coming off a game where, you know, he put up another 13 points. He has been unspectacular, but good almost week in, week out. He's He's only scored two touchdowns. So numbers for you. He is 99th out of 126 wide receivers that have received 20 more targets in terms of touchdown rate. So, yes, we'd expect him to normally score more touchdowns. He's obviously seen the, had the quarterback change over the last few weeks. I think that this offense is going to improve moving into next year, and I think that that's going to only look to kind of benefit him as Deshaun Watson starts to get settled in, burn off some of that rust, and, and starts to you know come back to producing the high volume of, of passing games that we expect. I think that, look, if I was to say to you right now that he is scoring more points total, but also more points per game than Drake London, Cortland Sutton, George Pickens, uh, Brandon Cooks and Darnell Mooney, I think people would be shocked. He's like wide receiver 50 in ADP. Now, I don't think he's ever going to be a elite top 24 option. But if you're telling me I can get him as my wide receiver four, wide receiver five, and he's just a plug and play 10 points a week, you know, never going to have those games where he completely disappears, never going to have, you know, those letdown games. I think it's, it's, it's you know, it's only a good thing. Um, and I just think that as a community, we're not talking about it enough. We're not hyping him I think it's because he's not had that massive boom week you know if he goes and scores you know 30 fantasy points next week and has a two touchdown game and and kind of breaks out suddenly everybody's going to be like oh my god look at the season he's having he's he's been incredible people just haven't talked about it and I think that's it is that you know he he's been really good but because he's not had that boom week people just haven't realized yeah I agree and the worrying thing is is he could have that week, especially with a quarterback like Deshaun Watson now. I think that week, I, I want to say it's coming, but I don't think it'll be in the next couple of games. I think it'll be it'll be the start of next season. And and I think he's maybe somebody that if you could if you could draft, like you said, as you as your wide receiver four or five, I think you'll be you'll be rubbing your hands together because he's, he's what, like, uh, he's is he the second wide receiver there? So there's Amari Cooper, then 
Then there's yeah, Donovan People Jones, um, David David Bell. That's about it. But yeah, so let's let's not forget as well. He he's got the pedigree. I want to say he was a five star recruit coming out of high school. He didn't really do anything. I want. I think he went to Michigan. Didn't didn't really do anything there. But he's twenty three years old as well. He's going to be a free agent after next year, so he's going to be in a contract year next year. And I think that he could easily be a guy that produces next year, and then maybe you can look to sell on for a profit. I don't think he's ever going to be a cornerstone you're looking to build your dynasty franchise around, but. You can probably get him for what two thirds right now. Maybe maybe have to pay a late second, but I honestly think his value is is low, um, and you can go and kind of sneak him away. Yeah, I, th- I think two thirds is is a reasonable price to pay for him now. Oh, there you go with with Deshaun Watson as well as your QB. Anything anything can happen next next year with them too. Anything. Yeah, we could we could could get uh, accused of uh, some sort of misdemeanor and uh, they need another quarterback next year who knows stranger <laughs> things have happened so um again you know exactly yeah um so we're going to dive into the the mailbag we've got quite a few questions this week paul so uh, obviously the we sent out the alarm and everybody knew that you were coming on and thought right let's give paul some some good questions so thank you very much for those that have um so first one is martin otherwise known as lucky fantasy guy um so he says Paul, who are some league winners to trade for that won't break the bank? So uh, I actually looked and, and I think I've got potentially somebody for each position here. Um, nice. So I, so at QB, I, I went for Tom Brady. I went, do you know what? Okay. He's, he's, he's going to be quite a cheap. You could, you could, you know, you could probably get him for a third at the moment because the uncertainty with his career I think somebody would go. Yeah, do you know what? I'll have a, I'll, I'll take a third for it. And he plays Arizona in week sixteen and Carolina Panthers in week seventeen. So both both matchups, I kind of like like him to step up. Uh, running back, I put McKinnon or Pacheco. Either one of them. I think the the Chiefs have got Denver and then Seattle. So I thought if you could if you could flip for one of them, I'd be quite happy. Now, my wide receiver is probably a bit out there and one that nobody's really looking at, but that's Isaiah Hodgins for the New York Giants. I think you could get him really cheap and the Giants have got the Vikings and the Colts and there's nobody to catch the ball in the in the Giants' offence. So, if you know what I mean? If he, could, if, he, if he could go and get you a touchdown and you, you, could, you could, I don't know, give up a, th- a third for him. You know, if you're in a deeper league, maybe a fourth. I don't think anyone's really looking at Isaiah Hodgins at the moment. And at tight end, I went for Noah Fant. I think Noah nice. Fant has, has done quite well. And uh, they play the Chiefs in week 16. And then in week 17, they play the Jets. And I told you I'd get his name in here. And Source Gardner, the legend, will be covering DK. So... That'll leave it all open for Noah Fant and Tyler Lockett's might be injured. So I think he's had finger surgery today, so I'd expect him out at least a few weeks. So yeah, so yeah, I like all those. The the only one I'd throw in to add, um, maybe Jeff Wilson. Um, I know Raheem Mostert's just had a fantastic week. I still think this is going to be Jeff Wilson's backfield potentially back this week. Um, the owners probably. 
less confident on him moving forward because we've just seen Raheem Mostert have a good game. So I reckon that you could probably steal Jeff Wilson away cheap, but you've got to have um, some strong guts to go and make that move because, as I said, it, it could be that he sits there, does nothing, and Raheem Mostert is the lead back next week. Um, so I've got I've got four more questions for you, Paul. We're going to fire through these slightly quick round. Uh, so these are from Mace, um, who used to write for us, doing incredible work on the IDP world. Um, if you love IDP and you're not following him, go and follow him. He is at CaliKing4917. Um, so, Paul, what are we doing with the Lions backfield in Dynasty? I'm I'm a Swift believer. So Okay, you're still buying it, Swift. What are you doing with yeah. Jamal Williams? Uh, I think we've seen the reality this week. Um, I think you only ended up with three points. I think without a touchdown, he's nothing. I don't. I don't think he's. I think he, he's kind of a risky play. If he gets a touchdown, he's worth it. If he doesn't get a touchdown, he's not not worth yeah. worth playing. Yeah, so I tend to believe. I think Jamal Williams was the biggest sell in all of Dynasty a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think if you can get a second round pick for him, absolutely, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Who knows where he's going to end up? Um, I think Swift. He's. He's a really interesting buy candidate. As I said, Jamal Williams is a free agent. I, th- I still believe in the talent. I still believe in that offensive line. I think it's going to be fantastic next year. I think this offense is going to take another step forward next year. Um, and I think DeAndre Swift's going to be a big part of that. But you've got to you've got to have. We talked about having strong guts. You've got to have a strong stomach to go and buy him. Um, I mean, he's still my RB nine, so I've still got him as a you know an RB one. I'd probably pay a late f- to mid first. I don't think I'd pay anything more than that than him right now um next guy we've we've kind of already talked touched on this so you you can keep it as a as a one-word answer should i be targeting jk dobbins as a buy this off season for the right price yes <laughs> you're very much inhabiting liam sitting on the fence there um i think well, my mate, opinion it, mace it, i think if it, it's not sitting on the fence that one is it if somebody offers you the right price for jk dobbins you're gonna buy him if somebody says, "I want two first for him." You're gonna go, "Don't want him, mate." You know, you know what, you know what I, I mean. I'm winding you up, Paul. Um, <laughs> I think Mace. If you're waiting till the off season, it's too late. I think if you want to buy him, you need to buy him now because I really believe he's gonna have a good couple of weeks. Um, how valuable are second round selections during draft season? You got any thoughts on this one? Do you want to take this one, Rich? Because <laughs> I I uh, I don't really know yeah. much about next year's rookie class and you when it comes to valuing everything and I, I normally am on your survival kit looking at your your values and stuff so I'd just be literally sitting here going oh yeah my mates got them at this you know so you, yeah. you take this um, I think that they're they're always criminally underrated. I think that they're they're kind of forgotten about, and people are willing to throw them around like they're candy. And I think that actually they've they've got some really good value. And I think that that value will only increase as we approach the draft. I think once you get into the draft, everybody has a prospect that they fall in love with that they want to overdraft, and that's where those second round picks come in. Um, so yeah, if if I think they're valuable now, but they're only going to be more valuable as we get towards that draft date, as we get towards the combine. Um, so I'd be holding them right now. If you can acquire them on the cheap, go for it. Um, but I also think this class is particularly deep. So those second round picks, I've, I've mentioned it a few times. I think once you get four or five quarterbacks that could potentially go in the first round, 
that pushes down talent. You know, if we, we this last last off season, let's take for example, so Chris Olave, who else do you want to throw in there? Jameson Williams. They were kind of mid first round picks. Um, that was because we only had one quarterback. If you'd have thrown in four quarterbacks, Chris Olave suddenly a late first, early second round pick rather than a mid first round pick. And and that's what I'm expecting is going to happen this year. I think that the wide receiver talent and the wide receiver potential from this class is similar to last year. I think that the running back is, I think the top end, I think Bijan and, and the top two are going to be similar to a Brees Hall and a Kenneth Walker. But I think that second tier is going to actually exist this year. Whereas I think last year it didn't. I think that the um, quarterback room is going to be miles different from last year. I think there's going to be four or five first rounders, whereas obviously last year we only had Kenny Pickett. So that was a really long-winded answer um, for for a, a, a quick one. So we'll round out on this one, Paul. Uh, any players in this year's draft that you're excited for in particular? Bijan Robinson, but that's that's a chalky answer. So um, is it Jordan Addison? The wide receiver. Yeah. I'm 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 quite I'm quite excited to see yeah. uh how he how he shapes out. So I'm I'm very, very excited about Anthony Richardson. I've watched three games. I need to watch more. I basically am looking at him and saying, Do I think his range what what's his range of outcomes? And I think that his ceiling is overall dynasty QB one. Now I think that's like, we're talking like 5% chance that he gets there, but I honestly think his combination of arm talent and rushing potential could be unbelievable. And I think people aren't willing to talk about that at the moment. So yeah, I'm really intrigued to see how he does in the pre-draft process, how we see him combine. I think of him in, in a similar way, this time last year, we were talking about Malik Willis as being a you know potential to break fantasy. And obviously it didn't work out. He didn't go in the first round. I think that his throwing ability and arm talent isn't quite where it needs to be. And I think that Anthony Richardson could be thrown in that category of... I think there's probably like a 60%. If I was to give you some numbers, I reckon 60% chance he fails and is never a reliable fantasy starter. I reckon there's like 10% chance he's a QB2. I reckon there's like 30% chance that he's a, a QB1. And I honestly think there's like a 5-10% chance that he is a complete elite tier one quarterback in terms of fantasy production. So, yeah, I was trying to do the maths in my head. I think that adds up to 110%. Is, <laughs> is it? Well, I was always told give 110%, Paul. So uh, I'm happy, happy to leave it on that. Um Brilliant. Before you go, Paul, where remind everyone where where can the lovely people find you? Um, and is there anything that uh, that you you're working on at the moment that you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, so um, that's me on Twitter. Twitter there uh, at Paul underscore picking um, or at Wildcard Rewind, where uh, we do a, a weekly recap or rewind show of. Do that alongside Mags from the Hot Seat and Hannah Rowland, who I believe writes for the redraft side of Five Yard as well. Um, but yeah, come come and find us all there. No, or, or, or my work at Five Yard Dynasty. 
superb work on the rewind show i've thoroughly enjoyed it um so far this year and uh yeah best of luck in your your playoff semi-finals hopefully liam and i should be back next week providing liam gets some wi-fi sorted um but best of luck and we will see you very soon to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.